And welcome to the latest edition of the Calgary Stampeder podcast. I'm Dave Rowe. And I'm Jock Wilson. And guess what, Dave? What? For the first time ever, we want to welcome a title sponsor for the Stampeder podcast. I know. Sponsor. Our good buddy, Paul Valentine from Valentine Volvo has stepped up to the plate. So we're going big time here on the Calgary Stampeder podcast. Longtime friend of Stampeder football. I got to tell you this story. Tell me. Uh, It's a funny story because I was at the Stampeder Ambassadors Charity Poker Tournament uh, last season. And Paul Valentine had a table. And I said, Paul... You know, you're a big sponsor of the Stampeders. You you know, I think you should let me drive a Volvo. And he said, Jock, we only let really classy people drive Volvo. So, touche. Touche. So, I get a Volvo? <laughs> Who's that voice? Yeah. That'll be Danny Austin. You'll get an 81 Lada and like it, Austin. <laughs> oh, I would like that it. at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, just a hey, Maybe uh, special we can talk like, to Paul about getting you a Volvo. Uh, yeah. Special thanks to Paul and the gang at uh, Valentine Volvo for uh, coming on board. Boy, I guess we better step it up now. Uh, we got to yeah. step it up. We got to bring our A game. Yeah, well, we brought our uh, we, we brought our, our our DAA game. Uh, Danny Austin of uh, Post Media joins us here today. How are you, Danny? I'm doing great, guys. Excellent. One great game away from you. an NBA title. Oh my! You we're knew not, you were going to have the basketball okay. reference. We're, didn't we're a couple days okay. away from the start of the regular <laughs> season here. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Hey, Good time I, to be alive. I said, okay. you know, I think you owe me five bucks, Dave, because yep. I said worst case scenario for the CFL, you've got your season opener up against Game Six of the NBA Final. That is not a good. Oh, you were, you, you were talking about uh, you know about over you know about the game being canceled. I would, no, I wouldn't have canceled and, it. I would have well, moved you, it you to Friday night. To, yeah. I would have had a double header Friday night. Ridiculous. So what they've no. done is they've moved it up half an hour. So I will pay you five bucks instead of the ten <laughs> okay, of the total. Fair enough. And you know, you see, I just want to watch because like you put money in your jock's wallet, it's just like a black <laughs> hole. It, like it nears the event horizon and then it just disappears. Never to be seen again. Hey, it would, it would have been an easy solution to move that game to Friday night. You move the Edmonton game to an 8 o'clock start. You have a Friday night doubleheader, and you just oh, let yeah, the Oh, that's re- not complicated at all. I, I Moving in half an hour I think it would have been the a real. Right I think it would have been the right thing to do for Hamilton fans no. because I'm not sure Hamilton fans are going to be real excited about a football game when they're going to be watching the Toronto Raptors. But no, that's, you, my own, that's my own opinion. Okay, well, let's say, you know, this is the Stampede <laughs> podcast yeah. here. They are playing the game in the stadium afterwards. Like the yeah, Raptors that's, game that's goes, true. which is, is not a bad... I will say that, I mean, in, in Vancouver on Friday night, the second it hit halftime, and I'm not even kidding, the second it hit halftime, they put the Raptors game on the big screens at yeah. center field so that people could watch the end of it, and people were pretty excited yeah. about that. Going into the GTA and having a, a football game, I mean, it it's what happens. These things these things get double bucked. They well, it, well, you know what happens is when you move the season up a couple of weeks, this is this is the potential that you hit. You either it got game seven of a Stanley Cup final or, a, you know, game six of an NBA final. You know, a couple of years ago, this wasn't an issue. I have been flat out um, opposed to moving this season ahead any more than it already is. I, I think there are huge complications for players, training outdoors in the West, everything. But this is another one. When people say, you mm-hmm. can you imagine? I mean, if this was an, NH- a, an NHL team, don't get me wrong, the Raptors are, are smashing records with their ratings right now, but it would be even worse. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, enough Raptor talk here, because <laughs> like this, it's the Calgary Stampeder podcast, and basketball is going to go back to obscurity in a couple of days anyway. You think so, that? I, I do, I do. Anyway, Calgary Stampeders podcast for Valentine Volvo. Yes. So the uh, regular season <laughs> is coming up here, kicks off uh, in a couple of days against the Ottawa Red Blacks. It, you know... 
I'm seeing a sort of a change in expectation for this team. Earlier on in the offseason, around you know, free agency time, as you moved up through the draft, a lot of people not writing the Stampeders off but saying, well, you know, it's certainly the high watermark for this team. They're going to be taking a step back. But now when you look at what's happened through training camp and through the preseason, I'm starting to think that a lot of, uh, a lot of people are going, you know, even though they took some hits, the Stampeders are not as decimated as we thought they were. I mean, I think that there's a fundamental difference between the construction of the team this year and last year. And last year, I mean, it was built on defense. It was a veteran defense. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Davis came in, and he, you know, he was really the only newcomer. Actually, Trey Roberson, too, but he was such a stud that he, he felt like a veteran. Yeah. Um, this year, it's going to be the offense. I mean, the strength is the offense. And, and what needs to happen is while they get a couple of these young receivers just sort of caught up and for week six or seven where they can come in the way DeVaris Daniels or Mark and Michelle did, you know, it's two months into the season. They've had time practicing. While you do that, you need Eric Rodgers to stay healthy. You need Reggie Bagleton. If that happens, if those receivers stay healthy, mm. Bo could throw for more yards than we've ever seen this year because they may need him to. I think there's a lot of talent at running back. I mean, I think Don Jackson yeah. is Don Jackson's legit. got a year under his belt because that and that was a position that was in flux yeah. at the start of last year. And there's something about Kadeem Carey that really interests me. But yep. I, I think that the difference is going to be they're going to have to win with offense this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the defense, we just... The D-line is not the same. Corey Greenwood, I, I think we can expect him to play well, but he is not Alex Singleton. Winston McManus is great, but we don't know if he's... All these things, it's about the offense. That, that weak side secondary scares the hell yeah. out of me, too. Sure does. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, well, let's face it. It's a couple of days before the game, and we don't even know who's going to line up there yet. That mm-hmm. remains uh, an open competition at this point of training camp. The other thing, uh, I think, guys, that is going to be the biggest change in the defense is there was just there was so much talent in that front for you. When you had a Micah Johnson who was just such a, you know, a, a freak, a game changer, because you shouldn't be able to dominate a line from that inside line position. That just that just doesn't happen. But then when you couple that, you know, with like having a Jagera Davis outside, what they were able to do, the stunts they were able to do, and the pressure they were able to get with four, with just rushing four, it freed up the secondary to really choke off uh, other teams' attacks. Now, I, I think they're going to have to be a, a lot more creative. Uh, you know, Brett Monson is going to have to, you know, start designing some blitzes, some different looks uh, for this team just to get uh, just to get those th- those four guys up front a little bit of help. I agree, and I think that the injury to Fuller and Oliver Malade mm-hmm. was was brutal. It, it yeah. really really affected the plans, and he was a guy who last year showed flashes and had the full year, and I think he was going to step into that defensive end. But you can't make up for the the absence of Michael Johnson. I understand why you weren't going to completely break the bank the way the Riders Knight likely had to do. He doesn't practice all that much. There's the mm-hmm. risk of injury at his age. There's a risk of just decline. But, I mean, he was a game changer. I, I voted up for him for mm-hmm. most outstanding defensive player last year and have no regrets. So losing a guy of that talent plus the linebackers, <clears throat> oh, it's tough. Well, I thought Dave Dickinson on Sports Talk with Jock on Monday night made a very, very interesting point. He said they firmly believe they thought the salary cap was going to be a little higher than it was. And, you know, the Stampeders are in a situation, they're just not carrying as many bodies because we always see teams play with the injuries and you have a few injured players that aren't really injured, but you're paying them anyway. And and Dave says they don't have that luxury this year. And, that, and, and, and we're going to see if that depth becomes a big issue because, you know, you've already talked about Flo, you talk about, you know, Brad Erdos, you know, the, one or two more key veterans going down and, and all bets are off with this team. Yeah, there was always, uh, you know, the guy or two with uh, general body soreness or practice mm-hmm. the hamstring limp on the one game injured list. But it was such it was such a change for the Stampeders because 
I think Bo Levi Mitchell completely, like I say, whatever strategy they had for free agent day, free agent day one, was just scrubbed off the board because they had to wait until so late in the day. What was it? It was around 3 o'clock, I think, before the signing of Bo was announced. And by that time, you know, you can't do anything because you know, you, you're going to have to commit this much money to this guy. So all of these other pieces are disappearing off the board, and you can't make a move. I mean, now, granted, getting Bo Levi Mitchell is – you know, is the best move of free agency. But uh, I also think that really limited uh, whatever flexibility John Offdale had. Well, an example of this is, I mean, Emmanuel Davis is a guy who is currently a free agent. Yeah. I thought played at all, almost an all-star level last year and wants to play. I'm shocked just, there's no that money. hasn't been signed. Yeah, and I mean, Somewhere. the stamps basically, Dickinson said in a scrum, he said that just there's, the money's not there. And that, that's yeah. a guy that, I mean, I think that for them, they have getting they have sorry Deshaun Amos, and mm-hmm. I think he's he's an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. But the fact that nobody's picked him up shows what this cap has done, and yeah. it's why I want to know this Mexican broadcast deal was signed yesterday. Who knows if they're getting any money for it? Mm-hmm. The CFL is not announcing it, which I think they should. But that money should be going into the cap right away. Well, too. And, and and I guess as you can bring up the Mexicans, let's bring up the global role. Is, is this a, you know I I understand what the league is trying to do, but you have a roster spot for a guy that's probably not good enough to play. You know, in the Canadian Football League, but you're wasting a roster spot for him. Is this is this the time to be experimenting with this? I honestly think yes. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. I really questioned for a long time the CFL 2.0 thing. I think it was always about getting broadcast deals. It is the only way right now to increase revenue okay, fair uh, across the league. Um, and like, it's not just <clears throat> excuse me. There's these you know, DAZN and and and, and these mm-hmm. these are are broadcasters, and yeah. they are you can get on, and it may only be. Two hundred thousand dollars in Finland, mm-hmm. but that's something. Yeah, it's, it's more revenue than you have now in this league. And has revenue to sharing with the with the players as part of two was part mm-hmm. of of the new CBA. And if you're gonna if you're gonna get eyeballs on this, I mean, sure, it's easy enough to to list your product anywhere on on DAZN or whatever service you want to be on. But you know, you you have to have that eyeball. I mean, you know, you had to have uh, you know when when Greg Moore was in IndyCar, you know, when Mike Weir was uh, was breaking through. In, uh, in in golf, you know, you have to have that local identity to to give you some interest. And yeah. so, if you're going to tune in uh, in Mexico or in Germany, you know, hey, uh, there's you know, oh, that's the German guys' team. Let's you know, let's watch this game. Yeah. See what and happens. I, I do think that we've talked about the, the Montreal situation on on the show before. I if I have one question, we I knew um, for a long time that the league was probably going to have to buy the Alouettes. That there wasn't a perfect owner out mm-hmm. there. And that combined with the CFL 2.0, it kind of feels like with the CBA, mm-hmm. they probably could have cut one of those things out and focused on these two things in the offseason and they gotten it done. It's why we don't know, although I think we will find out today, what Jonathan Rose's punishment is for yeah. <laughs> shoving a ref last year. Uh, we will find out today. Yeah, there was an awful uh, lot going on. There's a lot going on. You get a CBA, the Montreal situation, the CFL 2.0. It's uh, Randy Ambrosi certainly not afraid to uh, fill his plate with but big uh, scoops of product. I do think that the CFL 2.0 initiative allowed him to walk into mm-hmm. CFL negotiations or CBA negotiations yeah. and say, here is where more revenue is coming. You guys are getting a cut of this. Right now, let's keep keep the salary cap where it is. But over the next three or four years, we got a short deal. This is what we're going right. to where more revenue is going to come from. This is where you're going to get more money. Mm-hmm.
No, I, and, and I, I don't pretend I understand TV contracts, but the fact of the matter is, you know, TSN is going to benefit just as much as the CFL is going to benefit because if, if their feed is getting picked up in Mexico or in Europe or whatever, TSN is getting a piece of that too, not just the league. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. it's, it's all about growing revenue. Yeah. And, you know, frankly, you know, you, you've pretty much plateaued with what you can do in Canada. You, you know, but then still... TSN pays more for the contract rights, I guess. That's the yeah, bottom line. You know, there's still well. hope yeah, that you're going to get to yeah. the Atlantic schooners, but certainly... That whole thing has gone dark since uh, their, you know, their stadium talk. Even, even Touchdown Atlantic, I don't think is selling very well right now because everybody says the tickets are too pricey. You know, we've heard that one before. Yeah, exactly. We've we heard uh, that one before. They didn't pick the two most thrilling teams. <laughs> <You think>? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. No. Maybe not. Well, that, that gets us to, to the point of today's broadcast. Yep. Uh, you know, the podcast for Valentine Volvo because where, where do we honestly believe? the Calgary Stampeders are going to be this year. You know, they were a 13-win team last year, hosted the Western Final. We've talked about, you know, the warts on defense. I think every team in the West has some warts. You could pick warts on every single team. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, realistically, do we think this team is going to be this year, Danny? It all depends on a couple key players not getting hurt. And I, I do include Eric, Redger, Eric Rogers and Reggie Bagleton on that right. list. You, you need those guys healthy. Breskison, too. Um, I think I had them picked second in the West. Um, it's hard to pick against Winnipeg just because that continuity is there. Yeah. Um, that being said, I mean... I'm Adam not... Big Hill, Willie Jefferson, I get it. Yeah, and I mean, look, if Harris stays healthy, um, mm. they've got the probably most dynamic offensive play, non-quarterback in the league. I, Harris, I mean, yeah. but I'm, I, I say that not confidently, and I, I do honestly, I've got a feeling just watching Bo yeah. in those two preseason games and the way he was launching the ball, and I've got a feeling that he's going to have a really special year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have them picked second in part just because, frankly, I don't know about Edmonton or BC. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on that because Winnipeg, you've got the continuity. It's hard to pick against them. Uh, I put the Stampeders right up at the top with Winnipeg again because you know, no one, you got to be the man by beating the man, and no one has beat the man that is the Calgary Stampeders so far. Uh, yeah, they've taken some shots, but I, I agree with you on uh, Bo. Now that you know he's he got that Grey Cup championship last year, he's got the contract because you know legacy, legacy, legacy. That's always been Bo's thing in the back of his mind. He's taken those two key steps now. And now he's going to concentrate on cementing that legacy. And I think he's going to put up and, some big numbers. This and he year. normally says it about the receivers, to be clear. He doesn't say it about mm-hmm. himself, but he mm-hmm. always says the Stampeders would have the biggest offensive, like, you know, pass game numbers in the league if that's how they played. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They don't. They don't go out and do the Mike Riley stuff. And this year he may need to. I mean, do you remember the Labor Day replay last year when they got down big? (laughs) And I was like, oh, Bo's just got to be a gunslinger. And he was incredible. And we may get a few more games like that. I think it's really exciting. That being said, they do not have the American receiver depth that they need right now. And if Eric Rogers' knee doesn't hold up in, you know, week one, they're in for a tough slog throughout the summer. I would add one more player to your list on offense that is a guy that's got to stay healthy the entire season, and that's Shane Bergman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most important player. <laughs> yeah. Second most. Im- uh, Alana yeah. Nolan said to me, she was like, "Who's the most, the second most important player yeah. on this team after Bo?" And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, it's the guy who's protecting Bo." Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you know, American Bergman. American O-linemen, you can probably yeah. find them, replace them, but after losing Erdos, if you lose Shane Bergman, you're in deep doo doo. Yeah, one of the most <laughs> underrated players uh, yeah. in the CFL, uh, Shane Bergman. So you know, so we've got sort of Winnipeg and Calgary, sort of one and one A on top there. Yeah, because you know, BC to me is is a question mark. You've got a, a bunch of players that you have to mold into a team. Uh, I really don't think Edmonton's that good. Uh, Saskatchewan, I I think they're going to be uh, an also-ran this year. They're going to be tough to score on, but I look at that offense and where the point's going to come from. I'm, I'm not a Zach Caleros guy. And looking out east, 
everyone's been, you know, Hamilton, 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 because again, they were the, uh, you know, they were the, the top squad, I think, last year. But there's just something in the preseason, there's just something about the way the Argos have been playing yeah. that's just caught my mind. Again, you have to caveat everything, saying it's yeah. preseason, but I, I just I like what the Argos are doing. I will say this about the BC Lions. I think the BC Lions with Mike Riley, and we know how physical he is, and he just doesn't get hurt. Uh, I think their offense is going to be you know, just as good as Calgary. You know, I think Brian Burnham is going to have an excellent season. I'm, I'm really curious to see how Deron Carter plays out in that offense because he could have a great season with the with the mesh there but defensively as much as I respect Devon Claybrooks I think he's a great defensive coach I just don't see a lot there on defense I, I think that their ceiling personally is the highest I, I think that if everything goes right for the Lions mm-hmm. everyone stays healthy and meshes they've got so many incredible game-changing playmaking pieces that they brought in mm-hmm. but they're building from scratch you never want to be building from scratch no. so it may take them eight weeks to even, you know, really hit the ground running. And at that point, you're, we see it every year. The Stampeders get so far out, so far out ahead in the summer that no one's going to catch them. And I mean, and that's why I could see the Stampeders finishing second to a Winnipeg this year, just because with the number of changes, you know, there might be, uh, you know, a couple of hiccups in the, in the early going before they find their stride. Okay. Now, seriously, here we are. The season hasn't even started yet, but if we're making fearless predictions, you got to go all the way. Who's your Grey Cup matchup, John? Grey Cup 107. Wow. That's, uh, you know, it's going to boil down to the the Western final. Is that game going to be played in Calgary or is that game going to be played in Winnipeg? The way I have it playing out, unfortunately, is probably going to be played in Winnipeg, and that's going to be tough for the Calgary Stampeders. So uh, as much as it pains me to say it, I think the Calgary Stampeders are not going to be in the Grey Cup game on home turf. I think it's going to be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. What's funny is that it doesn't pain me to say anything. I, I just cover the team. Um, there's, I will never forget that that the press conferences before the West Final last year, and and just thinking to myself, Winnipeg doesn't know how to deal with this. They're so stressed out. They, mm-hmm. The pressure. Them playing at home, I think, would only amplify it. If it was Calgary, Winnipeg, I would pick Calgary every day of the every week. Every day of the week. Every okay. day of the week. Um, admittedly, that you know, center of the defensive line and the linebacking thing. Although, I will say that if. Philadelphia doesn't offer Alex Singleton a... uh, (laughs) Yeah, that could could be a game changer. He's he's not taking practice roster. So, um, but yeah, so I mean... Practice roster, you're making like over 200 there. Yeah, he's been there. He's been there and he's done that. He's not taking practice roster. He is not taking practice roster. um, You guarantee that? Yeah. I mean, I, I... won't say that I've heard it directly from him, but he's not taking practice roster. Okay. Um, so, look, I, I, I do think Calgary's got a decent shot of being there. Um, at that point, I think BC could be peaking. I don't want to pick out of the West, but it's Hamilton of the East. There's just no question. Yeah. I, Toronto, I'm with you. Toronto's looked a lot mm-hmm. better than I expected, and they actually have a lot more pieces than people are giving them credit for. But it's going to be Hamilton Winnipeg, isn't it? Isn't that what am I talking about? It's going to be Hamilton. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, a nice, a nice build-up. I thought you were going. I was Calgary trying to Hamilton. talk myself out of it, and then I was like, "I'm going to look like a homer if I pick mm-hmm. the stamps," and I don't really believe it. So the safe pick is Hamilton Winnipeg. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with Hamilton, but uh, I'm not being a homer. But I am going to go with Calgary. I just think that this team is uh, is too good, is too deep, just has the experience, and I think they find a way to uh, get it done and are able to host uh, on home turf. That's all the time we have. Uh, Already, for, that's this all. Has been that's way too it. fun. That's it. Yeah, for that's Valentine all, that's Volvo. All. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for Valentine Volvo for stepping up as uh, our brand new sponsor of the Calgary Stampeder podcast. We drop a new podcast every. 
Thursday during the regular season. And thanks to our good friend Danny Austin Always. from the Calgary Sun and Post Media for popping by. Always great to have Danny around. Hey, if you like having us around, if you like what you're hearing, please take some time out and uh, rate us. Also, uh, feel free to tell friends about the podcast. Get those downloads up. Uh, you can send us ideas. We'd love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. Check us out. It's uh, Apple Play, uh, your Google Play, Tune in Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. For Danny Austin and Jock Wilson, I'm Dave Rose.